God is amazing. God life is crazy good. You know, John 10, 10, most of us know that one. It says, the thief come not but for kill, steal, and destroy. But I've come that you might have and enjoy life in abundance to the top till it overflows. Life in abundance to the top till it overflows. Life in abundance to the top till it overflows. Life in ab- more life than death, more health than sickness, more prosperity than poverty, more hope than despair, more joy than sorrow. Well, the life that God came to connect you to is a really, really good life. A lot of us end up going through life and we never live the right life. But we, we have the opportunity to make choices and to put ourselves in, in the plan of God and to enjoy God life. And anytime you step into God life, trust me, you won't ever go back to that other kind of life. You know, we got all these different arenas of life. You know, some of us are doing great financially, but we've got to grow emotionally. We've got to grow relationally. There's areas of our life that God is leading us so that we can be better. Amen. That's, that's, we, I'll, get, so I'll hire somebody next week to hold the card up so you know when to say amen. <laughs> you, you know, it, God wants your life to be better. He's not against you. He's, he's for you. He's not trying to put you down. He's trying to lift you up. Hey, man, you know, sometimes we, it's like we get the roles reversed. We think that God's upset and that he's making bad things happen. No, God is giving you the strength to demonstrate Satan's defeat regardless of what you're dealing with. See, it, a lot of times when we're praying, we're asking God to take us out of a certain situation and, and, and to put us someplace different. And God doesn't want to move you. He wants to change you so that right where you are, you can have victory. Right where you are, you can demonstrate the enemy's defeat. Right where you are. Some of you are going, bummer. (laughs) Well, when when you get to victory, you can move yourself. You you do realize that where you are, you know, I I could ask trick questions today. I won't do it very often. But, uh, uh, you know, if I ask the question, how many of you wish your relationship, and please don't respond. Okay, don't respond because that would make me want to deal with you or something you know have some fun don't do it but if i asked if i asked if i asked this question how many of you wish that you your relationship with god was deeper than it is you know a lot of people would raise their hand yes i wish it was but see the truth is that your relationship with god is exactly where you want it to be because if you wanted it deeper you'd make the choices and it would get deeper you are in your relationships where you want to be you're either in control and God's on the throne or you've taken somebody and you've put them on the throne and they're, you know, ruling and reigning in your world. You're where you want to be. And we need to realize that one of the greatest things that God has given us, one of the greatest powers is the power to make choices. We, we, we get to make choices that, you know, God, God set before you, Deuteronomy 30, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life. God, God has put in front of you the ability to enjoy life. You know, the enemy is already defeated. John 16, you know, go read that in, in the Amplified. It's really cool because it says that when he comes and, and Jesus is talking. Jesus is talking. And he says when he comes, speaking of the Spirit, he said when he comes, how many you know he has come? So Jesus, before the Spirit had come, was talking about something that's going to happen. And you and I are looking back at it. It's already happened. We've got it. So we've got what he was talking about. But he said that when he comes, he will convict and convince the world and bring demonstration to it. He will convict and convince and bring demonstration. And he'll bring demonstration to the world because the, the ruler of this world, the evil genius, has already been defeated and sentence has already been passed upon him. Well, come on, guys. The enemy has already been defeated. Isn't that crazy? Well, why is he messing with me? Good question. You know, the enemy is defeated. Christ is victorious. So in, in order to live a defeated life, you have to be in agreement with the defeated one. We don't want to own that. We, we want to say, well, you know, the devil's really been messing. Well, mess back. You know, to, to, to walk in victory, all you have to do is get in agreement with the victorious one. 
Amos 3, 3. How do two walk together unless they agree? So you can't walk with God and be in disagreement with God. You get in agreement with God, and you're going to walk in victory. You're not, you're not going to. You, you know what's crazy is that as our mind is renewed, re, remember, uh, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And uh, take off the old, renew the spirit of your mind, put on the new. Remember, as you, as you begin to renew your mind, you begin to see some things that you couldn't see before. It's the Ephesians 1 prayer. Uh, I, I pray that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you might know the hope of your calling. You begin to see some things that have always been there, but you've never recognized them before. And as you see that, see, that's what brought you to Christ. See, it, once you were separated from God, estranged from God, but... You begin to see something. You're by the Spirit of God. Nobody, the Bible says, nobody comes to the Father unless he's drawn by the Spirit. And the Spirit begins to operate and move in your life. And you begin to see your need for God. That everything else that you're trying is just leaving you empty and, and broken and unfulfilled. And, but you, you recognize, I need God. And so you make a connection with God. And all of a sudden, that, that renewed mind, that part of your mind that's renewed, it totally changes you, you know, from the inside out, changes the way you see everything. You know, last night we were, we were, we were talking with some people that, uh, that are in, in the church, and they're just sharing about how radically, you know, changed uh, their, their opinion it has become of church and of God just in the last few years. Well, why? Well, because... God's shown them things that they've never seen before. And he's, he's, he's revealing himself to them in ways that, that, they, that they had never, you know, experienced before. And, and you, you, you were separated, but now I'm connected to God. Man, I, if that doesn't just kind of give a little bit of hope. I mean, even, even to people, you know, who have been in church all their life, doesn't that kind of encourage you? Just a little, come on. That... I'm connected to God. God doesn't stop there. It's, it's, it's great that you're connected, that you're born again, that you're, you know, you're, there's a new name written down in glory, and it's mine. That's awesome. But God, God, see, God has a plan, and his plan is to bring you to wholeness so that you don't go through life broken. See, if you want to, you can you can go through life broken and disappointed and beaten down and struggle. You can if you want to. But that's not God's plan. See, God's best for you. God's best. That's what we want to go for. Right? Don't, don't let the world squeeze you into its mold, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you can prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God's will for your life is good. God's will for your life is perfect. What does that mean? That means complete, nothing missing, nothing broken. God's will is acceptable. It's the only thing you should accept. Everything else is unacceptable. And so with that renewed mind and, 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 and the awareness that God wants to make you complete, you realize, well, I, I, I'm going to keep going. And, and in different areas of your life, you start making commitments. See, once you were separated, now you're connected. Now you're moving from connected to, to making commitment. Now you're getting committed to God. It's one thing to be connected to somebody. It's another thing to be committed to them, right? I know that guy. I live with that guy, right, huh? <laughs> Little dip. There's a big difference between, you know, commitment and courtship. A lot of us, we're still in the courtship realm. You know, it's Valentine's Day tomorrow, and a lot of, a lot of courting's going to go on. In the courtship realm, it's really kind of fun. You know, you, 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 you bring chocolates and roses. That's the courtship realm. In the commitment realm, you take out the trash. <laughs> yeah, a little difference there. You know, in, in the commitment realm, you call them, and if they want to, they answer. In the commitment realm, you wake up, there they are. You know, making a commitment to God where, where, where it's not just a weekend thing, but it's a daily lifestyle, right? Where, where I, I'm not just going you know, to church so that God can elevate, elevate me to a new level. No, I, I'm committed to God so I can live a new lifestyle. But even that 
even when you're moving into that and you're, you're getting commitment going and it's producing things, you know, you, you get committed to giving and I live to give, I love to give, and you get committed to that and it begins to produce in your life. But even that, see, God wants to go farther because his plan is wholeness. God wants to make you complete. In every area, in every realm of your life, God wants you to know total wholeness, total completeness. And so he's drawn you by the Spirit of God. And, and, and you, you, you just got to know that God loves you right where you are, but he loves you too much just to leave you there. I mean, you're better than you were, but it's nothing compared to what he's going to do. Oh, come on. God's got big plans for you. And God, God, God's not all freaked out by your current you know, condition. He's not shocked. He, he knew you before he called you. You know, he's the one who knows the end from the beginning. He declares the end at the beginning. And, and the middle just doesn't shake him up that much. I think some of us in the middle, you know, we, we get all perplexed and all torn up and all, all discouraged. But God's just looking at the end. See, God, God is not shocked that you said what you said and that you did what you did and that you chose what you chose. He, he knew you when he called you. That's why it's so amazing that you're here. <laughs> you know, really think about it. You look around the room and, and you, it's, it's amazing that we're here together. Because without God, you wouldn't be hanging by that guy you're hanging by. Hello? Come on now. I, I don't, don't make me talk about Todd. <laughs> God's taken us someplace better. Completeness. Completeness. Today we're going to talk about that for just a minute, about, about becoming complete. Becoming complete. Re remember, uh, he, he, he kind of touched on a scripture just a little bit ago when he was receiving the offering, and he said, you know, God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. That's not a put down. It's an invitation up. The fact is, is that if God thinks a certain way, so can you. You can think just like God thinks because God made you in his likeness. He made you to be like him. I didn't say you're God, but you're, you're God-like. You, you, you don't have to be so different from God. You're supposed to be, you, you know, the Bible says, be ye holy even as he is holy. Well, it wouldn't tell you to do something that you couldn't successfully accomplish. So you can be holy. And holy does not necessarily mean that you walk around, you know, with the, the perfect haircut and your shoes are shining. You've got a family-sized Bible and you're going door to door. No, holy means, it, literally, the word holy literally means other than. It's just other than. You, you're not like the world. You're like God. You, you're not like secular society. You, you're like heaven. You know, you, you're in alignment. You're, you're in alignment with, with God and with heaven. You're in agreement with what God's doing and, and with his plan. And that means that we've got room to change and room to grow. In our mindset, to be complete means to have everything I want, everything I need. But in God's way, we're going to find out that God's plan his recipe to make you complete is not to pull in everything you can pull in, but to give out everything you can give out. You okay with that? I know what you're thinking. They're taking another offering? <laughs> no, we're talking about getting outside of yourself. God so loved the world that he gave. There's no greater love than this, that a man would give up his life for his friend. You know, we got to get outside of ourselves. We, we, we got we, we to gotta realize that God has a plan to make me whole. I got to trust him. And the only way to see him produce in my life what he promised is to do what he said. Let, let's look at some scripture. Philippians 2, we'll put it on the screen. Uh, says, therefore, if there's any consolation in Christ, any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. 
Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Esteeming others higher than yourself. If you go study that out and you, you, you break out the concordance and you start doing a word study, you're going to find that what it literally means to esteem others higher than yourself is to surrender leadership to another. To not always be focused on how you would do it, but to accept somebody else's desire. You know, the Word of God is telling us, don't look out for your own interests, but for the interests of others. Well, why would God tell us that? Because that will produce the greatest result and benefit for our life. God's plan for you is awesome. So I guess it's come down to this. You're going to have to trust him. Isn't it funny? Sometimes the last thing we think to do is trust God, I guess. I guess we're going to have to trust God. I guess we're going to have to pray. Because we've done everything we can think of, and it ain't working. Acts 16, 31 in the message, really cool verse. It says, if you put your entire trust in the master Jesus, you'll live life the way you're supposed to and your whole household too. If you put your entire trust, all of it, put your entire trust in the master Jesus, you'll live the way you're supposed to. If you put your entire trust, that means you can't be holding anything back. See, if you, if you put your entire paycheck at Sterling's, bank. You don't have anything to hide away at Bank of America. Why? Because it's all down at Sterling's. If you put your entire trust in Jesus, you don't go through life looking at people wondering, I wonder if I can trust them. I don't have any trust left. I have to trust God that if you hurt me, he'll heal me. If, if you knock me down, he'll lift me up. You mean I'm supposed to let people do it? You know what? You, you, you got you to you realize that God is going to give you the wisdom for every situation. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth liberally to all men and upbraideth not. But, but, the, but the end result is that when you trust God, when you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, all the stuff that you're worried about, God said, he'll take care of. So when you learn, when you, learn you know, to get outside of yourself, it makes room because, you know, Jesus came for you, but yourself is trying to separate you from him. And so when you get outside of yourself and you make room in your life, it, it, it empowers God. It enables God to do what only God can do. Well, if God wants me whole, then why doesn't he make me whole? Well, if you're a believer, why haven't you read your Bible? God bringing the children out of bondage, leading them. Have you, have you read it? It took, a, it, it took them 40 years to take an 11-day journey. 40 years to take an 11-day journey. I hope that's not us. It says that when they brought them out, that God, God couldn't take them the short route. Lest when the people saw their enemy, they would turn and return into bondage. God couldn't take them the short route because if they saw the opposition, they would rather be in bondage than deal with the opposition. God couldn't take them the short route. God. Well, God can do anything. He can't take you the short route unless you're willing to face the opposition unless you're willing to trust him entirely entirely and some of the things that that god's asking us to do i don't know why we struggle the way we struggle but we do it's because we've got to learn to trust him see it's hard to trust god with relationships because relationships hurt Some of you look like you're being really careful right now. 
Just look straight forward. <laughs> look at this. Look at Philippians 2 in the message. If you've gotten anything in the message, if you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, can you give it to me? There it is. If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside. Help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Isn't that good? Look at verse 2. Again, there in the message. Do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Love each other. Agree with each other. Be deep-spirited friends. He said, do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Read that with me. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. One more time. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Why do you make us read it with you? Because it might be the only Bible some of you read this week. So let's agree. All right? Let's love each other. Let's be deep-spirited friends. That sounds easy. You're thinking, yeah, everybody should agree with me. Every <laughs> Life would just be better if the whole world would just agree with me. Yeah. Everybody should love me. Everybody should want to be my friend. Well, there's some more. You know what? Deep-spirited friendship. Deep-spirited friendship, not weak, lifeless acquaintances, but deep-spirited friends. That's what God's called us to be. If the Bible's true, God's adding to the church daily as he, as he wills, so it's his will that you're here. And I know that there are days when you look over there during worship and somebody's coming in a little late and you go, oh, my God, they're here. God wants us to be deep-spirited friends. But to be deep-spirited friends, it takes work. Everybody say work. work. It doesn't just happen. You got, you got to go for it, man. You got to invest yourself. You got to give yourself. Romans 8, 6 says to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. What's death? Separation. Right? Separation. It, to be carnally minded will separate you from people. But to be spiritually minded, that's life. That's God life. And peace, what's that? That's nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking. That, that's oneness, completeness. If you get carnal, you get alone. You, 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 you don't connect. You, you make excuses. You justify. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're going to develop some deep-spirited friendships. It takes work. Proverbs 18.1. I love this verse. It says that uh, he who willfully isolates himself from God or man seeks his own desire and is void of sound judgment. If you're isolated, if you're alone, if you're not locking shields, you just want what you want. You, you, you haven't grown up yet. You just want what you want. You've got an opinion about everybody else and why they won't be your friend. I've been in this church for three years and people aren't very friendly. You need last week's tape on negativity. Well, people are just as nervous as you are. But the walls are, the walls are coming down. Come on. The walls are coming down. I said the walls are coming down. You've got to realize that we, we have a call from God, a mandate from God. It's not just to have church, not just to give you something to do for an hour and a half on a Sunday. No, we're finding people who are far from God and leading them to a place where they're close to God. We're equipping them and training them to live a life of victory with and for God. We have a mandate to create a culture that makes it hard to go to hell. Not hard to come to church. How do we do it? Well, we do what God said. What does God say? God says, I want you to be deep-spirited friends. 
want you to realize it's going to take some work. And I also want you to realize it makes everyone better. Deep-spirited friendship makes everyone better. Everyone. See, what God's doing in you, it really isn't all about you. The future that God has for you, no, it's not just your future, but it's also everybody connected to you. It's, it's, it's your children and your children's children and your children's children, children, and your, you know, keep going. You, you may have come from, you know, a family that's had history of, of divorce, 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 divorce. Now there's you. Change it. Change it. Poverty, 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 poverty. Not no more. You know, my, my father had a bunch of brothers and a couple sisters, and, and everybody in his family died of cancer. Then one day, he had cancer. He had chemotherapy. He had radiation. They, they burned his heart in half. They had done everything they could. He had tubes up his nose to feed him. They sent him home to die. And here he was sitting in a chair reading the Word of God and decided, you know, enough. I'm not going to die. I'm going to live and declare the goodness of my king. And he didn't just break cancer off of his life. He broke it off the family. And now, now, now the fu- see, the future that God has for you, it it's, reaches way past you. If, if you can break poverty off of your life now, your kids don't have to deal with it in their life. And how upset are they going to be if they have to kill your Goliath? Hello? The last thing you want is somebody who can kill Goliath looking for you. <laughs> it takes work. Everybody's better. And kingdom success depends upon it. Deep-spirited friendship. The success of the kingdom depends on it. I think you'll remember this, that Jesus said they'll know you by your love. They're not going to know you. They're not going to know you because you got a building or because you got a worship service or you got a, or, you know, they're going to know you by the way you relate with each other. They're going to know you because of the love of God that's flowing through you that everybody knows. That's not you. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here. Say, you really need this. To be deep-spirited friends. What is that? Let me give you a real quick definition of deep-spirited friendship. It's to be outrageously committed to each other. To be genuinely loving one another. To have a deep respect and value towards each other where you encourage strengths and cover weaknesses. It's to be outrageously committed to each other. Genuinely loving one another. To have a deep respect and value towards each other to where you encourage strengths and cover weaknesses. Love covers a multitude of sin. That doesn't mean it hides it. Love builds a bridge. It covers it. I'm coming anyways. I'm I'm coming anyways. I I know you've got faults. I know you have weaknesses. I, I know you have challenges but I'm going to lock shields with you anyways. You know, uh, I, you've hurt me in the past, but I choose to walk in forgiveness. Forgiveness isn't about the past. Forgiveness is about the future. For, give. Two words put together to make one word. For means in advance. Give. Give is a gift. A gift is something that's given to someone who's done nothing to deserve the gift. So in advance, I'm giving the gift to somebody who doesn't deserve it so that they can have a future. They can be released from the pain of their past. Well, what if they keep doing it? God will give you wisdom. But you don't worry about what, if they, what do they do. You worry about what do you do. Because, see, love, out of all the power that God's given us, the power to make choices, we choose to love. But, see, in reality, love isn't simply a choice you have to make. Love is a commandment you have to obey. It got quiet here. Love isn't a choice that you've been empowered to make. Love is a commandment that you've been empowered to successfully accomplish. You don't get to choose, well, am I going to love these people? No. The answer's already been made. God said you will. 
love one another. So whatever's going on in your world, it's over today. Because you're going to obey God. Because you know that when you do what he said, he'll produce what he promised every single time. To be a deep-spirited friend. Let me give you some, just some requirements of deep-spirited friendship. See, what you don't want to be, you, you don't want to be, you don't want to be shallow. You know, you, 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 you want to be deep. You, you, you want to be faithful. You want to be loyal. See, a, faith, a faithful friend, there's a difference. A faithful friend says, okay, I will not talk bad about you. A loyal friend says, I won't let other people talk bad about you either. See, so you say, well, pastor, people talking bad about you. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about you. They, they, with each other, with the body. You know, here, here's one of the challenges that we've got is that, is that you know, hey, we're, we're, a, we're a pretty young church. Next weekend, we celebrate six years. Whoa. You know, and you think about it, you know, to, to most people, so what? To us, it's like, man, it's a crazy benchmark because we didn't think we were going to make it six months. Really, we started, you know, we, you know and we launch out and growth happens and stuff's going on. And, and you know, and now, you know, 600 people on a weekend are coming to the house. And, and, and think about, you know, how many remember last Easter? You know, you, you got the, the convention center, and there's a 1,000 people in the building, and lives are being changed, and, and, and you know, it's crazy. And, and the church launches, and, and, you know, you guys and me, we got relationship. But see, the team that God's building around me, a lot of times, we, we don't have a relationship with them. Well, we got, we got to take some time and develop that. You know, you know, you, got, you know me, but do you know each other? You, you, you I'm, I'm, I'm going to prophesy. You'd never say anything bad about me. Shoot. <laughs> but about each other. See, it, it's not about you and me. It's, it's about the body. And so you want to, you want to be loyal to each other that, man, I'm not going to pick people apart. I'm, I'm not going to let anybody else do it either. Because God's called me here and he's, He's commanded me to be a deep-spirited friend. So the first requirement, have I gotten there yet? The first requirement of deep-spirited friendship is that it requires maturity. Everybody say maturity. maturity. Immaturity, you know this, it's a relationship killer. You can't, you can't stay immature. You've got to grow up. You've got you, you to you let God work in you. You've got you to get big or you're not going to have relationship. You know, there's two kinds of maturity, emotional and relational. Emotional maturity is evidenced by the ability to put others first. See, if you have a problem putting others in front of yourself, it's because emotionally you're just not mature. You haven't grown up. This is one of the things that we try to teach the kids, you know, while they're still carrying around a sippy cup. Some of us, you know, it's time to take the floaties off and head down to the deeper end of the pool. Right? We, we, we've been splashing around in the pee-pee pool, and God wants us on the high dive. You know, God, God wants you to experience life, but we, he can't get God life flowing because you can't even get past yourself. You, you, you think everything is for you. You know, you want to be inspired. You want to be healed. You want to be blessed. You, but you've got to get past you. I mean, it's one thing if you've been born again for about six weeks, but if you've been, if you've been around for six years, come on. You're tough enough. You're tough enough to do it. If you've been here for six years, you're tough enough. It's emotional maturity. Relational maturity is evidenced by the ability to be trusted. If you're not in relationships with others, it's not because you don't trust them. It's because you haven't grown yourself yet to the place where you can be trusted. Hello? Well, you know, I'm just part of the bigger body. I, I belong to the Church of Tri-Cities. You're an idiot. 
that, that mindset is not of God. Because you need people in your life. See, what God's doing in you, again, it's not about you. Why do thousands of people, whether you like him or not, you know, if Benny Hinn came to town, there'd be thousands of people over there. And it wouldn't be to watch him pray for himself. And wouldn't that be weird? Everybody gathers around, drives for miles, comes from other states. They all get in a big arena. And Benny walks out and goes, poof, falls on the floor. <laughs> Jumps up and says, okay. And we go, okay, let's go home. No, a gift is, you know, not for you, but it's to flow through you. You know, fruit, fruit in your life. Fruit in your life. Is, fruit is never developed for personal consumption. It's for others. And you got to be mature. You got to get past yourself and, and you got to become trustworthy. The second thing about deep spirited friendship, it requires shared purpose rather than personal agendas. Deep spirited friendship requires shared purpose rather than personal agendas. What's the purpose? What's the purpose of the body? Well, it's to reach the lost. You know, we got to make a difference. And we're not talking about one or two days a year. We're talking about every day. You know, I think it's cool. ShareFest is coming. We'll join with all these other churches, and, and, and we'll impact the community. And, and, and you know, and, and Halloween, you know, we'll have trunk or treat. And, and this year, you know, God only knows, 3,000 people be in the parking lot out there making a difference. Those are special days. How about every day? Now, isn't it kind of cool to know that, you know, God could flow through your life and make a difference in others every day. And you got to have that shared purpose. If, if you don't focus on the purpose, your personal agenda takes over. You know, well, I, I want to do that. I think this. I, I, well, you gotta, you, you got to share the purpose and get past the personal agenda. Got to hurry. Number three, deep-spirited friendships thrive on a sense of positive expectation. They thrive on a sense of positive expectation. Look at Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8 with me. Keep on asking, and it will be given to you. Keep on seeking, and you're going to find. Keep on knocking, and the doors, they're going to open. For everyone who keeps on asking receives, and he who keeps on seeking finds, and to him who keeps on knocking, doors are, look at that, for everyone, everybody say everyone. everyone, who's talking here? In the Bible, who's talking? Jesus. You think he's telling the truth? Jesus said for everyone. That includes you. That if you keep on asking, if you keep on seeking, See, if you're going to be deep-spirited friend, you've got to have a, a positive expectation because you are going to find what you are looking for. If you're looking for faults, you're going to find them. Why? Because they're there. I can tell you what's wrong with Pastor Tom. Anybody can that's not some gift manifesting. That's common sense. You know, what are you looking for? You and I, we all know people who, you know, every time they go out to a restaurant, they find a hair in the fruit. Every time. Why? Because that's what they went looking for. Constantly looking. Constantly looking. Going to find the problem. Going to find the And, you know, it's kind of a human thing, isn't it? I, I bet there's people in the room right now that are, that, you know, just kind of half sideways. And you're, you're looking at me and you're, less, and, and, and you're going to check this thing out. And I'm going to see if you say something crazy. I will. <laughs> I say stuff without thought all the time. It just, there it, there it went. And you see, it takes years to fix it. But, you know... You know, what do you find? You find what you're looking for. What if you went looking for the best? What if you went looking for the strengths? Come on, mom and dad, isn't it hard, you know, when you're growing teenagers? And, and, and isn't it hard to, to not just point out all the mistakes? Why? Well, 
Because it's that stage of life where you develop, you're about ready to release them into, you know, in, into manhood, into womanhood, and, and you, you, you want to help them as much as you can. You've got to be careful, though, because you, you find what you're looking for. Make sure you're looking for their strength. Train up a child in the way he should go. It, amplified, according to his particular bent. You've got to look. To be a deep-spirited friend, you've got to expect positive things. Because if you go looking for the negative and you find it, you're suddenly going to separate and isolate. You're not going to warmly embrace. You're going to hold everybody out. Well, I've got to make sure that this guy won't hurt me. There's going to be hurts. But there's healing. There's going to be disappointments. But there's hope. But it's a command that you love and that you be a deep-spirited friend. Number four, deep-spirited friends find fuel in fun. You can enjoy life. You have been liberated to have some stinking fun. I don't know what picture you have when you come to church, but no, I got to sit straight and talk, you know, don't, don't move and, you know, you know, put my cell phone away. Listen, just turn your cell phone to vibrate. That'll help. And if you're going to be on the phone, you know, a lot of people, they think it's so rude because they're sitting there texting. How do you know they're not taking notes? They could be tweeting incredible words of wisdom. You know, sharing the love. How about, you, how about we just enjoy it? Come on. You, I've come that you might have and enjoy life. In a, but how about we just enjoy deep-spirited friendships? Find fuel and fun. Make it fun. Well, I enjoy killing people. Don't have any fun. I got to keep going. Where am I at? Number five. Okay, deep-spirited friendships require individual alignment with God. Vertical correctness allows horizontal correctness. When you're right with God, you can be right with others, right? To be a deep-spirited friend, you have an obligation to stay right with God. Because if you can't stay right with God, you can't stay right with anybody. And God's easy. You got a fault, admit it. It's gone. I mean, if you can't hang with that, come on. So it demands that you align yourself with God, that you be who God's called you to be, that you, that you are in pursuit of God's passions for your life, that you live to please him, not others, him. That you live to please him. You know, living to please other people, we know that's impossible. Because there's something about you. There's something about you that just is never satisfied. That's yourself. And that's how the enemy works to keep you separated and isolated and broken. Why? Well, the Bible says, rejoice and be glad for the Lord will do great things. What is a great thing? It's just a bunch of little things all put together. But when all you're interested in is your thing, his thing, or her thing, or their thing, or our thing. When it's all broken down like that, all we wind up with is little things. But God wants to do great things. Well, how does he do great things? It's by you and me staying in alignment with God and finding the body so that we add our little things to each other, and all of a sudden those little things become a great thing. That we are committed and, and, and in pursuit of success for each other that we celebrate, that there's no secret threats hidden inside when somebody else is doing good. We don't stand back and, and, and feel bad because, well, I, I, that should be me. No, we celebrate one another and, and we promote each other and we realize that, again, if I put my entire trust in the master, he's going to take care of me. He's going to position me. He's going to bless me. He's going to encourage me. He's, he's going to lift me up. He's on my side. He's for me, not against me. He's going to bless me in the city, bless me in the field, bless coming in, bless going out. I'm the headlight, not the taillight. God's on my side. Who cares? 
who's against me. So all of a sudden, it's not just a lyric. Greater is he who's living in me than the one who's in the world. I'm more than a conqueror. Well, don't sing like it. Live like it. Live like it. Like God, God has called you out of darkness and translated you into the marvelous light of his dear son. Stop turning off the light. I don't want to wear out the bulb. It's an eternal lasting bulb. I want to look at one more scripture before we go. Psalms. You got it, 133, I think. Yeah. Behold. That word means stop, focus, see this clearly. How good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. See this right. Now make sure you understand this. Stop and look how good it is. It's like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down the skirts of his garment. It's like the dew of Hermon as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. It, it's, you know, maybe you don't know the story. They, they poured the oil out on Aaron on his head, and it went all the way down his beard, and it dripped down his... So, so the entire body was anointed. It's like the dew that falls on a mountain. It just covers everything. How good it is to be in unity for there. Where? In unity for there. The Lord commanded the blessing. It's in unity that God commands the blessing. You and I can beg for it, but we can't produce it. But when God commands it, God said, let there be light and darkness evaporated. If God commands it, I don't even care if you want it. You're going to be blessed. For there, the Lord commanded the blessing, even life evermore, or life everlasting, or God life. That's where we find what it is we've been called to live in. God life is, is the product of unity. So in other words, if you can just agree with each other, love one another, and be deep-spirited friends, you're going to be positioned by God to win or succeed in every given situation. That every weapon that's formed against you, it'll come to naught. It, it won't prosper. When tongues speak against you, they'll be automatically condemned because this is the heritage of the children of the living God. That when the enemy comes against you one way, he'll have to flee seven. Why? Well, because this is where God commands the blessing. When, we're, when we are in oneness, we're, we're positioned ourselves where God can make us complete. See, we don't get complete by taking. and We get complete by releasing. We, we've been created by God not as a consumer, but as a provider. We realize that God has done something in you. that's going to make this body better. We got one God, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, but all these different parts. It doesn't mean that, that I, I like the message Bible there in Ephesians 4. It says it doesn't mean that you should all act the same, talk the same. No, you, we're different on purpose. But it, but it means that we recognize the generosity of Christ's love and we don't get stingy with it. We, we didn't just come to take something. No, I came today to be a blessing. One of the things, and in, in closing, and, and I'll get you out of here. I love closing. Sometimes I do it five, six times. <laughs> in closing, you know, I think one, 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 of, the, one of the practical applications, what, what can we do to, to motivate deep-spirited friendship? How about we just get 2020 vision? 2020 vision. Everybody say that. 2020 vision. One more time. 2020 vision. What's that? How about you come to church 20 minutes early and you leave 20 minutes after it's over? Some of you have 2-2 two, two vision. Or negative 3. <laughs> Let me have some fun. I get to enjoy this too. Okay. You know, what would happen if, if you weren't in such a hurry? If you showed up a little early and you Talk to people. You didn't just run for the car. I, I know what you're thinking. Just say, and let's pray so I can get out of here. No, hang around a minute. 
realize that the answer to your prayer, you could be praying for all kinds of stuff, business opportunities, uh, you know, relational wisdom. You, you could be praying for all kinds of stuff, and the answer could be sitting in the room. And you're going, God, when are you going to answer me? And God's going, when are you going to slow down and receive the answer? Yeah, but I'm hurting. I don't feel like it. Well, those are the days, you know, that it usually pays off the biggest. 2020 vision. How about you just hang around and show up and you let God do what only God can do in your life through the lives of others. And you'll find out that there really is a bigger purpose for church than to keep me out of a bar. Find out that body life produces real life. And real life is not about your life. It's about God life. And God life can't be experienced alone. 57 times in your Bible it says one another. Pray for one another. Encourage one another. Love one another. 57 times. If it says that 57 times, then there's something that you got to realize. That you can't do God life without another. And the, the another you need, they're in your life. You just haven't seen them yet. I pray to the God of our Father that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. That you'd be able to see what you hadn't seen before. That God's brought you together with a purpose. It's to make you whole. Amen. Will you close your book and bow your head? Let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you that you're doing a work in us. You are changing us just like you promised from the inside out that our lives are, are, are better. Our lives are better because of you and the love that you've poured into us. Right now, Lord, as we position ourselves to develop, to go to work, developing deep-spirited friendships, that we would realize that kingdom success really does depend upon it. We've been called, equipped, anointed, infused with strength. We have what it takes, and we're going to go for it. So thank you, Lord, for answering our prayers. Thank you for putting people in our life. Forgive us for being so busy to not notice the answer that you've provided. 